Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Singing, feel like singing, 
I feel like shouting. Feel like shouting. Feel like shouting. Feel like shouting. I feel like shouting. Feel like shouting. Must be the Holy Ghost. 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 Well, something inside of me. Something inside of me is telling me to go ahead. Something inside of me telling me to go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go for this awesome group of men on this Father's Day. We thank God for you. Just a little while ago, Randy, you sang, He's been good to me. I think y'all missed that. In the midst of COVID-19, Randy said, He's been good to me. The unemployment rate over 20 something percent but Randy said come on somebody he's been good to me people are dying and the country is in an uproar but Randy said he's been good to me I, I, I wonder how many men who wouldn't mind say on this day the Lord has been good to me I I am still here by the grace and the mercy of God when bills could not be paid because there was no job but the Lord has been good to me and sometimes we miss that we are so caught up watching television we forget to say Lord you've been good to me while while Randy was singing my wife leaned over to me and said honey he's been good to us you, you, if you don't know like I know come on somebody he paid every bills he give you healing when you are sick the Lord has been good so thank you Randy for reminding us because sometimes we 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 are watching television and we get depressed and we wonder what's going on in the country but we forget to say that the Lord has been good he has brought us through some old folks would say from a mighty long way uh, you don't know like I know if I am here it, it is not because of education it's not because of the color of my skin but by the grace and the mercy of God oh uh, yeah he's been good Eddie I know there there's tuition to be paid but I tell you the, 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 the king said I have never seen the righteous forsaken Oh, his seed begging for bread. He's been good to you, and he will remain a good God at all times who will supply all your needs. He's been good. 
Thank you, Randy. Th thank you for reminding me today that don't, don't look at what's going on in the world, but focus your eyes on Jesus. He's been good. So I, 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 I found my help this morning because I needed some help. I needed a reminder that God is still in charge. I can stop right there. I need a reminder that God is still in charge, that he's still making a way, he's still healing, he's still providing, that God has not surrendered his throne yet. He's been so good to me. So I thank God for you brothers on this Father's Day. Uh, let me begin by thanking my pastor, the hardest working pastor I know. I'm gonna tell you, she, she wore me out. I said, Lord, if I can have that much energy at her age, I'll be all right. She is hardworking and focused on the Lord. And I'm just trying to keep, and I wanna have the same focus. I'm trying to follow her example. So I thank God for a praying, hardworking pastor. She's not a preacher, she's a pastor. She don't just come on Sunday morning and drop a word and keep going. But she gets in the trenches she prays she serves she leads and she loves the people of god come on church man we ought to give god some praise for the pastor of this church and we thank god for her we thank god for her ministry and we thank god for every father on this father's day give yourselves a hand for all of you who are watching me via streaming we thank God for you. It is not an easy job. Not only for fathers, but I thank God for every single mother who is operating like a father. Amen? Every single mother. There are a lot of those who are holding it down as you raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord as a father and a mother, a grandmother and a grandfather sometimes. And so we thank God for you, for what God is doing in your life. Know that your labor is not in vain. And sometimes we fail to realize the sacrifice that some of these sisters are making just to keep up. So we thank God for you and for all of the fathers. I thank God for you, my brothers, from my brothers over there, multimedia, you know I love you, Brother Ray. Brother Brett, and to my musicians, thank God for you, bless you, and to the singing, what is it, was it five, was it, how many of you, well, it's not a quattro, so it's a six of you, well, I call it a, a choir, or a praise team, but thank God for you, we bless God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are humbled as we are reminded on this morning that you've been good to us God I am grateful that when it is all said and done that you are a father to the fatherless that you keep us in the high low of thine hand and our lives are in your hands we thank you God that you are in charge of everything and Father, we pray on this morning that you would bless every father, bless every woman who's standing in the gap as a father, bless every grandfather who's standing up, 
strengthen these your servants with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. May our children understand, reverence, and respect the ministry of fatherhood. Give us the strength and the courage and the wisdom to continue to lead by precept and by example. Now, Father, I pray that you will bless the word that you have given. Put aside this broken and weak vessel that you may take over and speak these, your word to your people so that their soul might be edified. And we thank you, God, for the privilege to send behind this sacred desk to lift up the name of Jesus. For in the end, there's only one name that matters. It is the name of Jesus. For at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. So have thine own way, I pray, and let there, pre let there be preaching power in this sanctuary. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I thank God for uh, my wife who uh, just uh, decided that she want to be here with us on this day. We thank God. Can't be a father without a mother. Amen. So we thank God for the women in our lives. In 1992, a very uh, compelling movie was released entitled A Few Good Men. The movie was starring Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson and Demi Moore and Cuba Gooding Jr. The scene or the stage of the movie is Guantanamo Bay where U.S. Marine Lance Corporal Harold Dawson and Private First Class Loudon Downey are facing a general court-martial accused of murdering fellow Marine William Santiago at the uh, Guantanamo Bay Naval Base in Cuba. Santiago had poor relations with fellow Marines. Compared and favorably to them, he was a bit weaker. He broke the chain of command in an attempt to get transferred out of Guantanamo Bay. Base Commander Jessup, who was played by Jack Nicholson, and his officers argued about the best course of action while Jessup's executive officer Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Markinson advocates that San Diego be transferred Jessup dismisses the option and instead orders that Santiago commanding officer train him harder to become a better Marine Dawson, at the end of the movie, and Downey were cleared of a murder charge, but found guilty of conduct unbecoming an officer. They were ordered to be dishonorably discharged. Dawson accepts the verdict, but Downey does not understand what they did wrong. Dawson explains that they had failed to defend those too weak to fight for themselves. 
like Santiago. And in one of the more compelling scenes of the movie, Jessup is on the stand and the young JAG attorney told them, tell the truth. Y'all remember this one? To which he replied, you can't handle the truth. The truth is that the strong should bear the infirmities of the weak. That's what they were trying to tell the commander. We don't pray on the weak. We don't put heavy burdens on the oppressed. But those that are stronger and mightier, more affluent, should help those who are weaker. The truth is, whether brown or black or white, we are all children of the same God. We all have the same blood flowing through our veins. God does not look at us from the perspective of race. It is our sinful eyes that keep missing the point. The truth is, God expects all of us to honor the dignity of every human life. Doesn't matter who you are or affluent you are. And the truth is for those of us in the church that we ought to be a credit to the name of Jesus Christ. We cannot bring shame to the name. We have to honor Christ in everything that we do because we belong to Christ. That means we ought to conduct ourselves with dignity and be robed with godliness so other people can see the Christ in us that we proclaim to others. The truth is, there is no black church. There is no white church. There is no Hispanic church. There is no Asian church. There is the church, big C, of Jesus Christ. And we've got to get with the program 11 o'clock hour remained the most segregated hour in America. While we are talking about equality for all of the races, while we're talking about people are marching out on the street, we got to get ourselves together in the church and stop talking about the black church or the white church or the Asian church. We need to talk about the church. And wherever we see injustice, we as the church will rise up against it. Wherever we see racism, we as the church will rise up against it. Wherever we see oppression, we as the church, we will speak against it because we belong to a higher king. And his name is Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 4, there is one church, one faith, one God who is in all to whom all of us belong. We need to have some new perspective. Some of us need to look at the world with a different lens. We need to stop looking at people with race 
as our identifier. And remember what happened in the book of Genesis, where the Lord breathed himself into man. We are walking in the image of God. And I've always have to remind people, how can you look down on me because I'm black? If you can't stand me, then you cannot stand God. How can you look at Brother Kemp because he's white and talk about him? If you cannot stand Kemp, then you cannot stand God. Don't come into the sanctuary and say, praise the Lord, but you cannot stand me because of the color of my skin. We got to get it right. Unfortunately, there are those who cannot handle the truth that we are one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Don't tell me to go back to Africa. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We all belong to the same God and we all have to live under the same sky. We all have to breathe the same oxygen. I don't know who you think you are, but we all belong to the same family. You better get to accept me and love me for who I am. And I've got to learn to love you and accept you for who you are because we are a member of the same family. It can handle the truth. So I don't have the right to look down on anybody reverse racism or otherwise because that's my brother brother Kemp come over here brother Kemp come over here come over here for a second the Lord just laid this in my spirit this is a brother he's not white he's a, my brother if I'm going through something because he's a member of the body of Christ I ought to be able to reach out to him and if he's going through something I've got to be able to bless him because he's my brother some people cannot handle that truth and what they want to do is they want to put a divide between me and Kemp the divide has existed for 401 years it's time we tear down the wall and that's what God is saying in the book of Ezekiel. I'm looking for a few good men who will tear down the wall. Tear down the wall of racism. Tear down the wall of segregation. Tear down the wall of division. It's time we tear down the wall. He's not white. I'm not black. He's a human being. And I'm a human being. Tear down the wall. From Washington to Wall Street. Tear down the wall. Enough is enough. Thank you, Brother Kim. They can't handle the truth. And I tell you what, the Holy Spirit told me yesterday why they cannot handle the truth. The reason why they cannot handle the truth is because some people cannot handle that Jesus is the only name by which anybody can be saved. And if you cannot accept Jesus, who said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has brought, he sent me to bring release to the captive, sight to the blind. If you cannot accept Jesus, then you cannot accept those who are in Christ. You cannot accept the spirit of unity and harmony that Jesus represented and the love that he talked about. And if you cannot accept that, that's the problem. They cannot handle the truth. The truth is, if you walk with Christ, if you serve Christ, if you love Christ, you will love your neighbor. That's the truth. They cannot handle the truth. Their salvation is found in no other name but the name of Jesus.
The truth is, he is the only savior that can fix the mess that we are in. I, I, I don't know anything else because Jesus taught me to love my enemies, to pray for those who want to do me harm. Jesus taught me you cannot love God that you cannot see if you don't love your neighbor. You, you cannot do anything for God that you're not willing to do for your neighbor because God is judging you based upon how you treat people in your midst. Jesus talked about love. Jesus talked about release for the captive. And, and, and if you cannot handle that truth, it's no wonder why I see so much chaos in the world. People are still struggling to accept Jesus for many years. And so in Ezekiel chapter 22, God told Ezekiel, pronounce judgment upon Jerusalem. The bloody city. And the reason scholars tell us that they call Jerusalem the bloody city is because Jerusalem, there was so much violence and death in Jerusalem at the time. Jerusalem, the people there were abusing and mistreating immigrants, the poor. They were oppressing the weak. They were fleecing the poor and oppressing the downtrodden. Prophets, priests, politicians, and people were all corrupt. Israel's corruption was so widespread that God said, I looked throughout the entire land and it was defiled. I can find no one who stand up to the corrupt leaders that were oppressing the people. I wonder this morning. If there are a few good men who will stand up to the corruption of systemic racism in this nation, black, white, brown men standing up together. On Monday, I had a, um, a um, Zoom meeting with a bunch of police officers, um, and, we, and, and we were talking. They said, well, what do you think we can do uh, to get the message across? I said, I'm going to tell you a powerful image that will be sent, because what we're seeing so far is a bunch of individuals, regular civilians, who are walking down and protesting with signs asking for justice, saying Black Lives Matter. I said, what powerful message it would be if officers in their uniform who have a blue wall walking in front of the protesters saying, Black Lives Matter, let's be justice in the, in the midst for the black people of this nation. I said, we need to change the dynamic and stop looking at the people as the ones that are causing chaos. Let there be officers who are leading the march. Let there be officers who are speaking on behalf of folks who are afraid to speak for themselves. And sure enough, we saw what happened throughout the week. There were cases where civilians have been shot because we don't have them. So one police officer said, we tried that already. But we stood, we led the march, and we took a knee, and we prayed. And I, I, I say this to let you know that sometimes a few good men have to stand up and say enough is enough. I'm willing to put my life on the line. I'm willing to put my career, my business, my reputation. I want that to be in the records.
that I stand for justice, no matter the cost. Israel was a corrupt place, and the corruption was widespread. And so the Lord said, I am, in verse 30, I am searching for a few good men. I'm looking for someone who will build up the wall. But look at what he says in verse 30. Not just build up the wall, and I'm going to say a little bit about that, but will stand in the gap before me. Standing in the gap before me means somebody who would pray. We don't just want people to protest. We want some prayer warriors. Some people who are going to intercede and cry out because this demon that we are fighting is not about politics. It's not about race. This demon that we are fighting can only be defeated by the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't just need to march. We need to pray. We don't just need to march. We need to get together and lift up holy hands like the Israelites did when they walked around Jericho Wall. If we want the wall to come crumbling down, we got to be a people of prayer, people of praise. I said, I look among you, who will build up the wall? But I find no one. So on this Father's Day, I've come by to tell you that God is looking for a few men to build up the wall of justice in our criminal justice system. Let me give you a startling statistic. According to Pew Research, in 2017, black people in America made up 12% of the uh, population. 12% of the population. And we were over 33% of the population in prison. You do the math. 12% of the population, but over 33% in prison. So about 40 million people, 33% of over, about 40 million people are in prison. You do the math. And I'm going to tie in the connection with fatherhood. Subsequently, more than 20 million children in America live in a home without the physical presence of a father. 20 million. Millions more have dads who are physically present but emotionally absent. If fatherlessness was a disease, we should have declared a pandemic in America already. And let me tell you what, with the, let me tell you the side effect of fatherlessness. Because of the social ills related to that, 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 71%. 71% of all pregnant teenagers are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children with behavior disorders are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from homes without a father. 90%. 63% of teen suicide are from homes without a father. And 85% of all youth in prison are from homes without a father. Now, can you see how it is important to have men, not just black men, but men in the homes? Let me tell you, if you ever have any conversation with sisters, they are tired of raising these children by themselves. 
I have a, I have a Zoom meeting tonight. This church invited me to do a, a, a conference tonight, a uh, Zoom meeting talking about fatherlessness and how we can help some of the black uh, mothers to uh, raise some of the children. What do I share with them to help them? The fact of the matter is the sisters are tired. They're tired. God is looking for a few good men to stand in the gap and say enough is enough. I want to help build our community. I want to be a mentor. I want to be a helper. I want to do whatever I can to help some child know that there is a presence of a male in their lives. These are some crazy statistics. 90% of all homeless children from fatherless home. When I read those statistics, I, I said, Lord, thank you for giving me enough sense to be a good father. God is searching for a few good men to stand in the gap for these mothers who are doing two jobs and still cannot make ends meet. He's searching for a few good men to help build the walls of our communities in Newark, Detroit, Baltimore, Atlanta. We can't just point fingers at what's going on in the inner city. We have to provide solutions. Everybody know what's wrong. See, that's the thing that got me about what's going on in this country right now. Everybody know what's wrong. We all know what's not right. We all know what is going on. And a friend of mine reminded me of the movie where uh, Al Capone, you all know, know the movie with Al Capone when, uh, when Elliot Ness came down and he was putting a team together. And one of his uh, uh, lieutenants, he said, you know, how do we fight this battle and deal with this, with this uh, uh, criminal? And, 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 and the man told uh, uh, Ness, everybody know what's wrong. Knowing what's wrong is not the problem. But do you have the courage to do something about it? Everybody know what's wrong in America. It's right in our face. We know what's wrong with fatherlessness. We know what's wrong with incarceration. We know what's wrong, but do we have a few good men who are willing to do something about it? And I'm just talking about talk. I'm talking about real action. Get involved in after-school program and mentoring program and spend some time over in a basketball court and reach out to prison and go and help someone. Are you willing to do something about it? God is searching for a few good men to stand up for Jesus because we don't represent ourselves we represent Jesus Christ and help build the ecumenical wall so believers can come together as the church these days many people are disillusioned with churches rightfully so because of the hypocrisy of many so-called evangelical leaders who talk the talk but won't walk the walk. We talk about love, but we sit on the bench when it's time to be love. So God is searching for a few good men who will not only quote Bible verses, can't impress people anymore about quoting Bible verses. This generation of young people don't care how many Bible verses you know. They want to see you in action, feeding the hungry, 
helping the weak and the oppressed. They want to see you in action. My son always reminded me. Church talk. But can you back it up? Can you back it up? Can you do what it takes for your words to come alive in the life of people? God is searching for a few good men who are not ashamed to tell folks in their community, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. People make it sound as if evangelism is something that only pastors and a selected few people would do. But we all are evangelists. For the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. While black, white, and brown people are marching for justice, there is still a great commission work to be done. We cannot be so focused on social justice and not proclaim the name of Jesus. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we ought not to march. I'm not saying that black lives do not matter. You can say all of that. But I want to see a sign that's also say Jesus saved. If we're going to say no peace, no justice, I want to see a sign that says Jesus saves. Because this demon, this power and principalities that we are fighting, no flesh can defeat it. No marching can defeat it. Only in the name of Jesus. For at the name of Jesus, every demon has got to flee. And we as the church, as the men of God, we have to rise up and remind people, we need to lift up the name of Jesus as we lift up the sign that says, no peace, no justice. We need to remind people that Jesus came to set the captives free. We cannot defeat systemic racism, oppression, sexism, classism without Jesus. The last time I checked, I looked in my Bible. It wasn't a politician that defeated Pharaoh. It was an anointed man of God. When I looked at my Bible, the Lord came down and set the Israelite free. And he's only in the name of Jesus that we can get to that place that, Mark, that uh, 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 Martin Luther King called the beloved community, where black and white children can play together, where we can all say, free at last, free at last. It won't come until God's people who are called by his name will humble themselves, pray and seek his presence and turn from their wicked ways. Until then, all of our effort, we will need to add the Holy Spirit to it because without the power of the Holy Ghost, you cannot defeat this enemy. We need to remind people that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So God is searching. He told Ezekiel, I'm searching for a few good men. I need some men who will stand up to help build the wall, the wall of unity, the wall of peace. The wall of justice. I'm looking for a few good men. And he said, I can't find none. I can't find none. Then when we switch to the book of Matthew, we see another story that's given to us by Jesus. Give us a parable about the wedding banquet. The Lord said, I am sending out an invitation. God said, the search 
has been fruitless. So I'm sending out an invitation. Jesus talked about the king who held a banquet. At the banquet, he sent out for the affluent. He invited the important people. He invited the folks who are billionaires. He invited the folks who have the long resumes and the accomplished historical background. But they all turn him down. The one percenters, they turn him down. The Illuminatis, they turn him down. So he said, go by the highway and bring everybody. And I'm so glad that he sent them by the highway to bring everybody. Because if it didn't, I wouldn't be in the number. If it didn't, the liar, the drug dealer, the prostitute, the sinner, they all would be closed out and not been able to get into the banquet. But the king said, go and bring everybody. The door has been opened. I'm inviting any and everybody to come. Since the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Almighty God has extended that invitation. And the invitation is written in the blood of Jesus. The only way to accept that invitation is that you must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. I wonder, I wonder why it is so difficult for people to accept the invitation. When you look around, you can have all of the things the world has to offer. But I can tell you that a life without Jesus is not worth living. I wonder why folks did not accept the invitation. As a matter of fact, there's approximately over 7 billion people in the world. And close to 6 billion have rejected the invitation. That tells me that you and I have a lot of work to do. Jesus said, come. The Lord is looking for a few good men to go by the highway. And look, look, notice when you look at the verse, look at the text. The king sent a few men, a few of his servants. Don't you look at that in uh, Matthew chapter 22. He sent a few of his servants to go by the highway. And do you know who the few of the servants that he sent by the highway are? It's you, Randy. You are the one that he sent by the highway. Gino, he sent you by the highway. Kemp, you are the one that he sent by the highway. And he gave you one message. Let them all come in. Don't look at their clothes. Don't look at their shoes. Don't look at their resume. Don't look at the color of their skin. Let all of them come in. Everybody is invited. It does not matter how much money you have. You're all invited. And I'm so glad that somewhere, sometime, a long time ago, somebody came and invited my mama into the banquet. Because somebody invited my mama. I can now stand behind the pulpit to preach the gospel. I'm so glad that somebody invited you, Randy. Because somebody invited you, you can stand up and say, Jesus will fix everything. You can sing that the Lord is able. 
that, that, that God is in charge. I'm so glad that somebody invited you in. And that's what I want to remind you today, brothers, on this Father's Day. Don't forget that you are the one that God is sending by the highway. It is not an easy job. But you are the one as a father. You are the one as a husband. You are the one as a brother. You are the one as a counselor. You are the one as an enabler. Go by the highway where the young men who are not going to school. Go by the highway where the young sisters who are struggling. Go by the highway where people are struggling with drug addiction. Go by the highway. Let them know that Jesus loves you. Come on in. Come on in. I like the way Richard Smallwood put it in his song. He says, come on in where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. Folks don't know, Gino. There is a feast happening right now in the Lord and folks are missing it. I, I can walk into the sanctuary with trouble on my mind, but the minute I start thinking about Jesus and songs of Zion begin to sing, I get happy. There is a feast right here at the table of the Lord. I get joy at the table of the Lord. I get peace at the table of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of folks are running around, going to therapies. They can figure out what's wrong with them. When you come into the life or you give your life to Jesus, the Lord will fix you. You'll have joy. You'll start running and nobody chasing after you. There is joy in the Lord. And Smallwood said, come over here where the table is set. If you're seeking salvation for your soul, it's over here. Huh? If you're a servant and you want to be made whole, it's over here. We've got the right message, brothers. Can I tell you? We've got the right message. We've got the right product. We don't have to reinvent anything. We don't have to change anything. Just let people know, come over here. The Lord is inviting you over here. Oh, I know things are tough, but come over here because in my father's banquet, there is no racism. In my father's banquet, there is no discrimination. There is no oppression. Come over here where white, black, purple, orange, green people are singing together, praising together. Come over here. There is a feast. And sometimes we pay too much attention to the division and not enough attention to the feast. We talk about all that is broken, but we are not talking about what God is fixing. We talk about all the things that are bad, but we ain't talking about that sister who had cancer. The Lord done healed her. We're not talking about the brother who was unemployed, but God gave him a job. We're talking about folk that had no means to pay their bills, but God paid the bills. There is a feast over here. And brothers, you need to go by the highways and tell folk. God is looking for a few good men to tell folk, come over here. I know things are tough, but come over here for just a little time. A conversation, some fellowship with Jesus, you'll get running, you'll get joy, you'll get happy. Let me tell you, there are a lot of folks who are struggling right now with all kinds of depression and anxiety because they're staying home and folks are bored and all kinds of stuff. But when you put folks in the presence of the Lord and when we come together to worship, something happens. I don't know what it is. It may be because I'm Baptist. But something begins to happen on the inside. Come over here. And thirdly, 
God is not only inviting folks, but not everybody is going to be chosen. Not everybody's going to be chosen. Jesus reminds us in verse 14, Jesus said that many are invited, but few are chosen. Stay with me for a little while. I'm going to, I'm about through. In verse 11, if you are reading your Bible with me online or wherever you're watching, in verse 11, it is said that the king came into the banquet and saw there was one of the guests who was not wearing the wedding clothes. And the king said to him, to his servant, kick him out. Here, but he asked him, how did you get in here? You're not wearing the right clothes. And I said to the Lord, what, what, what are you all saying here? What do you mean by this verse? Only those who are washed by the blood that are wearing the garments of salvation will be allowed in the banquet of the Lord. You don't need to have Gucci. You don't need to wear Versace. Malik, you don't need to wear Dolce Gabbana. All you need is the blood. I can get happy right there. You don't need Nike or Adidas. But all you need is the name of Jesus. The king said, how did you get into my banquet? But you're not wearing the right, the right clothes. And, and the man could not answer the question because apparently he had not been giving himself according to the invitation. But let me tell you something. You could go to church all you want. Your daddy's daddy's daddy could have been a deacon or pastor in the church. If you're not robed with righteousness, if you're not robed with godliness, the Lord said at the end, I will kick you out and send you to the place of fire. But let me tell you something. The only way to be robed with righteousness, the only way to be robed with godliness is by giving your life to Jesus because in Christ the rock I stand the Lord will fix you the Lord will clothe you the Lord will save you the Lord will cleanse you the man was not wearing the right clothes but brothers let me encourage you on this day put on the clothes of Jesus Christ put on the garment of righteousness so when the king come he can say well done I started to feel sorry for the man in verse 11 the Lord said to me don't feel sorry for him don't feel sorry for him because we all know what we should wear to a wedding we all know that there is a second coming we all know there is a day of judgment we may not be able to handle the truth but the truth is there will be judgment the truth is there is a hell there is a heaven the truth is, only by the name of Jesus Christ will you be invited to the banquet. That's the truth. It ain't going to change. You don't have to like it. But the Lord said, don't feel sorry for the man who was kicked out of the banquet. He should have gone and put on the right clothes. And too many people are trying to slide in without the right clothes. Oh, they know all the talk. They know all of the lingua. They have all the right attitude, but they're not wearing the right clothes. 
Brothers, I want to encourage you today, don't just be a Christian, be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Don't just come to church, but be the church. Don't just talk Christianese, but have the Bible in your heart. So when people hear you, they will hear the word of God. When people see you, they will see the Holy Spirit moving in and through you. Do not come to the banquet without the right clothes. God is looking for a few good men. I was reading Dr. King's sermon this week, one of the longest and most important sermon that he gave before, I believe it was the night before his death. He talked about the drum major syndrome. He talked about folks who had the drum major syndrome think that they are better than everybody else. They have a spirit of superiority. But Dr. King said, and he was prophesying his own death. In, in essence, planning his own eulogy. He said, if you're going to be a drum major, be a drum major for justice. Be a drum major for peace. God is looking for a few good men who will be a drum major for justice. He's inviting you, Gino. He's inviting you, Cap, to be a drum major for righteousness. Don't, don't look at your bank account and think that you've achieved, that you've arrived. God is looking at a few good men who will say, Lord, here I am. Use me. On this Father's Day, are you willing to be among the few who will defend the weak, like Santiago? Are you willing to help the helpless? I am so proud of this church that feeds hundreds of folks per week. I'm so proud of the men who are driving food to and fro to make sure that those who have no food to eat, who are food insecure, that's what the Lord is looking for. And brothers, if you have not yet put your name in and volunteered, I want you to call the church office, talk to Disciple Charlene and make sure that you avail yourself because a few good men that God is looking for are the men who are willing to step up to make sure the weak and the helpless have what they need. God is looking for a few good men to give hope, to give direction, to mentor, to lead, to guide. But let me make it even more personal. Brothers, God is looking for a few good men who will love their wives as the Lord loves the church. God is looking for a few good men who will honor their responsibility to their children, whether they are in your home with you or not, because that is the godly thing to do. God is looking for a few good men who will avail themselves to be pillars of their community and stand up for truth and righteousness. So on this Father's Day, I want to encourage you Oh, I know it's hard 
you get tired and many folks have said to me I'm just tired of being sick and tired I feel my senses are overwhelmed and as I was thinking about that the Lord said to me remind my people that after 401 years of oppression that you may feel defeated and overwhelmed but be not dismayed whatever betide God will take care of you beneath his wings of love abide God will take care of you to days of toil when hearts does fail God will take care of you when dangerous fears your path assail God will take care of you and you say well why are you singing this song I'm tell you what I'm a father of a young black 18 year old boy I'm amazed that every time my son leaves the house my wife tense up and at night when we pray together I hear her every night say thank God that you brought my son back home safe not too long ago I had a conversation with brother Kemp brother Kemp said to me now I know what every black father goes to because Eddie left the house and when he left the house my heart sank within me now I know what every black father goes through I understand the struggle I understand the pain I understand the frustration but be not dismayed God will take care of you whatever you are going through lean on the Lord if you give your life to him and allow him to use you God will take care of you and the Lord reminded me and said Uriah Hanani Joseph was my son before he was yours I got this you do your part I will do mine be not dismayed no matter what the test may be God will take care of you so brother Derek I know that's your son right there that's your boy on that drum but be not be dismayed God will take care of him Malik I know you're a young black man and it's hard these days driving the car and you wonder what's gonna happen to you but be not be dismayed God will take care of you be among the few good men who are willing to stand for Jesus if there is a young lady that you're interested in honor her don't touch her until you get married honor the young lady and God will bless you God will take care of you for the Lord is faithful and I'm living this moment because of the faithfulness of God a few good men do we have a few good men in the sanctuary this morning put your hands together for the Lord
as we transition, inviting our team, group of men to come back. We want to encourage you, wherever you are who's watching us, brothers, fathers, husbands, be among the few to live with integrity, live with honor. Let your yea be yea, let your nay be nay. Be honorable in all that you do and let the Holy Spirit lead you. I thank God for these godly men. And let it be that you strive to be among the few, the proud, the chosen ones, God's royal priesthood, who will use you for his glory. Thank you again.